0: Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me on social media at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on X. Crazy Ike Fan Facebook page. What is up, Ike? Did this. Gosh, I bet everyone else is feeling the same way I am this morning. Rejuvenated. Wow. What a freaking match. The other day, Brighton versus Ike, Ike traveled to the south of England and pick up three points, stunning all of Europe in their wake. (sighs) Well, let's get to it. First and foremost, apologies. Apologies to this team. Apologies to Mateus Almeida. Apologies to players like Sidibe that I have, uh, I shouldn't say crap talked in the past, but. I've judged their their um, their capabilities on the pitch. Apologies to Levi Garcia. Apologies to Ponce, who, quite frankly, I was saying it without saying it, may have been an overrated signing. Wow. Just plain wow. I think I hit the nail on the head as to how I'm feeling with my tweet the other day when I said all I have to say, I have no words except for Mono Ike, I echo that even today. I, you know, every, before every podcast, I come up with a little script just to help me uh, looking over my notes, things that'll help the podcast flow better, things that I can talk about. And this one was jam packed. Like I said, at the beginning, I feel rejuvenated. This is the win that this team needed. You know, I, I talked about it in the previous podcast that I So far, the season had been somewhat of a disappointment. I know it's very early on, but it seemed like this team just did not have a little bit of luck. And I'll talk about how our luck went our way in in this match. And how we need some type of big win. We needed some type of big win. You know, a 1-1 in a derby against the is not bad. It's not a bad result at all. I think completely I'm going to not even talk about that match. Um, But 1-1 was not a bad result. We would have much rather have wanted the win against Olympiacos. We knew this was going to be a tough, tough week coming up. We knew the challenge against Brighton was very tough. The best attack right now in the Premier League statistically you know looking back at it on the the day that the group was um was announced that was drawn you look at it and you say okay this is the group of death this is going to be a very difficult group for Ike for me it was kind of like uh, let's not go 0-6 that was my biggest fear was can we gonna go 0-6 then I kind of looked at it and said Marseille are not in very good shape Ajax are rebuilding. The one thing I wanted to keep an eye on was Brighton because I wanted to see in what form Brighton are in. Obviously, they were in tremendous form. Just the past weekend, beating Man United in Old Trafford, 3-1. Before that, beating Newcastle, 4-1. You thought Iker in trouble. I mean, in all honesty, and I, f- and I feel better about saying this because I heard a lot of I could this say the same thing over the past few days. Some were brave enough to say it before the match. Some said it after the Brighton match. I think as optimistic as you can be, as big as a fanboy as you can be, as much as you bleed the colors of this club, no one in their right mind, unless you were a little bit crazy, was thinking Ike could go in there and play the bala that they did and get all three points in Brighton. No one, considering the form of both teams, no one. And considering how banged up Ike were, we didn't even know who's gonna play center back. In my mind, I was thinking the same thing that what ended up happening with Simonsky playing center back, but you know, you were gonna have a makeshift center back against Mitoglu, who, yes, Mitoglu, especially under Almeida, the few games that this kid has gotten under his belt, he's played fantastic. But still, you're thinking we're missing both our starting center backs. We're going to have to make do with a makeshift center back. And there's no way in your right mind you could have predicted that I could go in there and get all three points against Brighton. No way. In my mind, I was thinking what a lot of other Ike fans were thinking and what a lot of other Greek football fans were thinking. Let's minimize damage. Let's do some damage control. Let's... Uh, Let's not get too. Uh, let's not let things get too out of hand. Like we lose two nil, three nil with a good showing. You know, let's let's make sure this doesn't become something of a like a, like a freaking rampage. Like they, straight up just give it to us and pump us freaking five six nil. That was my fear going into this thing. I even you know, uh, I mentioned something to my wife about this date and wanting to watch the match and kind of trying to clear my schedule so I could watch the game and as the days led up to it I was kind of like well I I can kind of do some other stuff around the house if you need me to do something or if you you know my attention maybe I'll work a little bit while I'm watching the match you know and that was my plan was I had my laptop out it's like whatever you know I'll pay attention to it for the sake of being a fan and for podcast sake but It was kind of like a feeling of, let's get this over with. And then an hour before the match started, I get the freaking lineup. And I look at the lineup, and I'm like, well, we're going for something here. He's starting Garcia, which in your right mind, if you think, okay, we're not going to try to take anything away from this game, why would you risk Garcia, who you could tell when the match began. And beforehand, you could really tell Ike's offense, especially up top, even we have all this quality – Our offense, our attack flows through Garcia. It's very vital that in the way this Almeida team is set up, you have to have a speedy forward up front like Garcia. It's just so much better. It keeps the defense honest, the way he got away from defenders watching this match. So you're like, okay, why is he starting Garcia? Why not save him if he is match fit for the derby against Panathinaikos? I just looked at the lineup, and I was like, we're re- we're really going to go for this. I mean, not that he had a choice. He could have um, pulled Pineda out also and stuck Galanopolo and played with two defensive midfielders instead of playing with Pineda. But the fact, I know he pulled Simonski to play center back, but we all know in, in most big matches, Almeida, and we've criticized it on this podcast at times because... It doesn't seem like an attack-minded team like Ike, and the way they like to press and the way they like to play, it doesn't make sense to play with two defensive midfielders like Simonski and Jonsson playing side by side each other. So I was like, "Gosh, this lineup! It looks like we're gonna go for it here, guys. We're in for we're in for a match today." Um, but my initial thought is, Jesus Christ don't let this get out of hand. Don't let this become a match where it's going to become a scar. It's going to be another another laughable. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. Even if we went into this match and got pumped 3-4-0 against the best attack in the Premier League right now. There's no shame in that. You know, there's no there's no shame especially in an away match. Their first European match, the crowd was up for this. Uh you know, I think that did play a factor. Before we really get into talking about the match, I think that did play into a factor. You could tell the Brighton players had a little bit of of anxiety, of match anxiety. You know, they, the crowd, the 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 Brighton manager himself. Whenever they showed him on the t- on the TV, you could see kind of he was really amped and really living this match. The, the, this this town, city in England. Wanted this team to win this match. And for them, on on looking at it from their perspective, it was a very winnable match for them. Uh, do I think that they kind of saw Past Ike and thought, okay, we're playing the Greek champions, but our budget is triple what their budget is. Uh, we're playing some of the best football right now. The coach was even thinking, okay, I can do a little bit of a rotation, not much. I think they had one of their really good players injured. I know Ferguson was not even in the in the roster. Um maybe they overthought it a little bit and didn't uh take Ike seriously and thought okay, we're going to get a goal soon. It's going to happen, blah blah blah. Like we're going to be able to to, you know, 3-0 easy as they say. But that wasn't the case. I mean, Ike came out to the play. And the, the most frustrating thing going back to it, I talked about this towards the end of last season. And this was part of the reason, again, not to bring up revisionist history, but uh, Ike losing against Antwerp, right, was hard to take because... We know how hard it is going to be for Greek teams to make it into the Champions League. I don't need to go over that whole spiel again. But I think what made it equally as hard is... We said it at the end of last year, right after we won the double. The one thing all Ike fans were ready for was to watch Almeida's team. How well this team's going to perform in Europe. We were so excited about it. And it delivered, man. It delivered. That's all I can... I can freaking say. I mean, let's let's go through some of the some of the stuff, guys. Szymanski starting at center back. This had been tried before by Almeida and some friendlies early on last season when he wanted to play three at the back, but he quickly switched it. So hell of a game for Szymanski. Hell of a game for Szymanski. for Mitoglu. Mitoglu looked like a veteran out there. This kid's very impressive. <clears throat> He's impressed You know, talking heads in Greece, he's impressed me. Whenever this guy gets his opportunity to play, especially under Almeida, he's ready to play. He looked like a veteran out there. Very, very good defensively for for Mitoglu. Both of them did a very well job, very job well done by both of these players. For Sumanski being a makeshift center back, I know he had the penalty on João Pedro, but... Stuff like that, unfortunately, is going to happen. Um, it was just a bad. It was just a bad play. He lost where the ball was at, and it, you know, in my opinion, and my, my wife was sitting next to me watching the game, and she's like, I, she was irate. She's like, I cannot believe how he gave a penalty on this. How they called this a penalty? He's like, you could clearly tell the player fell down and sold the the play. True, but I talk, tried to explain to her that's part of football, That that's part of the sport. You can't change that. It, it's frustrating when it happens, but, you know, he missed, he mistimed it. He lost where the ball was at. It was just a bad, bad foul. Other than that, though, he played great. We can't complain about how well this center-back pairing played. And we might have to see them again, depending on what the deal is with how match fit Vida is going to be. And uh, Mukudi and then Collins, I know, is not nowhere near being ready to start yet from what the team is telling us. Then move to Stankovic. Stankovic, I mean, world-class. That's all you can say. Stankovic had tremendous amount of saves. Both the gross free kick... Uh, another shot I think that Gross had in the match, he did very well on the um, on the play where it did, from from the naked eye it looked really off sides, but then when they played it back, when João Pedro was able to break away and get that one beat <clears throat> and be one on one against the keeper, and Stankovic did very well to make himself big and be able to kick the ball out of bounds with his legs tremendous save there, tremendous save, because he could have let the play end, he could have thought to himself, okay, they're going to call this offsides, everybody in the world thought this was offsides, looking at the, the, the replay, no offsides, he was barely on sides, he timed it well, it was a very well-timed run by the, uh, Bryan attacker, and then on the, um, that phenomenal shot that that one kid had, I'll, gosh, I I forget his name. I should have wrote it down. Um, the one substitute defender for um, very promising young talent for Brighton. That shot. I mean that that was a quality shot, but an even more quality save by Stankovic. He did what he had to do when um, when when Push came to sub. When he had to do his job, he earned his money. He earned his money in this match and in the match against Slavia. It shows why he's ahead of ahead of Anastasiades at least for this season. Tremendous, phenomenal job. By phenomenal job by the defense as a whole. I mean, really, it was two stupid penalties that I gave up. Yes, two very good moves by Jao Pedro. You have to give that uh, the uh, Brighton striker some some credit. But other than that, Brighton didn't create anything the entire match. Besides that, I mean, I went to the 70th minute till that first shot that the uh, um Gross was able to put on target and force Stankovic to make a save. There was nothing else that the uh, that brighton uh any pardon the pun but any bright spots for brighton um Dyke were never really felt really threatened. I mean yes, Brighton controlled the possession uh, they tried some nice uh through ball passing, but Ike hold held their lines very very well. Defended very, very well, kept them honest because they were able to break any time that uh, Brighton had numbers forward. Ike were able to counter a little bit, so it kept the the defense honest. Um, just a phenomenal performance defensively by Ike in this match. I cannot believe that you really didn't see Brighton get after it. I mean, really, Brighton didn't get after it until after the the match. Was three two that I had gone up again, and what a way to bounce back! I mean, the, these silly penalties, both of them, both of these silly penalties, could have, in any other circumstance, taken the wind out of a team sales per se. Like they can really be like backbreaking, especially the second one. You could be like. Oh, you know what, like, we've tried so hard, but yet this team somehow finds a way to equalize. Let's just give up. Let's just, you know, let's... We could have held our lines back at that point and said, you know what, let's try to get out of here with a point. 2-2. Two, two. No, but we went for it. And I mean, let's keep talking about players. So Stankovic, just phenomenal. CD his best freaking game for Ike, and I just don't mean the goal. Just the way he was able to get up and down the pitch, the way he was able to to. Uh, you didn't hear much noise from that side of, of the pitch at all, the left side of uh, of the way Brighton are attacking. It, phenomenal job for CD I was a little worried to see CD best start over Rota um in this match and Sidibe is is has bought all in you know we criticized him a lot cuz he had a terrible game against Bunsaico he had a good game in Europe again against Dinamo that first game in, in Zagreb but terrible seemed like you know and, and I remember saying it back then he seemed like he didn't know where the hell he was at when we were playing against Bunsaico like it seemed like his mind was he was like he was like uh like uh like in La La Land, like a zombie. Um heavy criticism for me, m- myself included, back then for CD But it seems like maybe there were some transfer rumors then. Maybe he was, his mind was somewhere else, thinking about going back to France or thinking about going somewhere else. And now he's 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 been reeled back in by this by this team. And someone made a very Good comment the other day, and I forget where I heard this because the last few days, of course, I turned back into the old me, and I've just been consuming all this hype content from Enositielia uh, Gr to on um, on uh, on Sport FM. Um, I wish I could give credit where credit's due, but you know he got a red card the other day on the bench. Against Bacos, That shows that the togetherness of this team. That shows that this team has each other's back. That he's bought in. And he's turned the clock back and showed the world-class player that he can be. Um, the quality that this guy can have. I mean, phenomenal. Just like I said, not even the goal. Just uh, an A-plus game for him. Definitely. Hadzi Safi. Mr. Consistency. I mean, yes, again, we have to talk about the penalty. Bad giveaway there. Just bad timing, man. Just, you know, it happens, unfortunately, for defenders sometimes. Uh, both of these penalties are VAR penalties. Now, the second one I would say, a lot more clear cut. I mean, I, look, I had some internet issues to kind of... Side note here, I had some internet issues, so I wasn't able to watch the match on my uh, my normal, the Greek streaming that I use. I was not able to watch it on Paramount Plus, so I had to watch it on regular cable TV, which was on a Spanish channel. I don't speak very much, very good Spanish, but it was nice to, you know, you if you listen to broadcast sometimes in Spanish, especially when I watch uh, Liga Mexa here in, in the States... It's fun to listen to, even if you don't understand exactly what they're saying. It's very, uh, it's very nice in some of these, um, especially some of these very monotone, sometimes British announcers. No offense to any Brits out there or Englishmen. Um, Or some of these American announcers. Uh, Very like flamboyant, very nice to listen to. So the... Finally, when I got everything situated, thank goodness, because I love being able to do this. I've probably watched the second half of this match, and I've I watched the entire replay once, and then I watched the second half at least two or three other times this week uh, on Paramount+. Plus, and the announcer was able to see it right away. I mean, the the second—I'm talking about the second penalty, but the Hadziz s penalty may have not been given uh, years ago if there was no VAR. But still, he— provided two assists, you know, um great free kicks by Kazi Safi who we're talking about just over a little year over a year ago. We were disappointed with the quality of corner kicks this guy was taking. Uh but a, a stand-up player just uh you know he continues from last year. Jonson was all over the midfield. I mean there was not a ball that Jonson was not going after phenomenal phenomenal uh, game by Johnson just all over the pitch for me he he has to be up there and in, in, in the MVP discussion for this match I mean all over the pitch on the third goal he was the main protagonist that was able to attack was able to attack the Brighton player and and to end take away the ball and just kept with it didn't give up on getting the ball and was able to get it to Aminabad the next player that I'm going to talk about and then we come to Ahmedabad. what can you say even if he disappoints you he's one of those players where one moment you're ready to throw something at the tv and be like what the hell are you doing with the ball like why are you holding on to it too much why are you doing this why are you doing that and the next moment you're like okay this is why i cast this guy this is why we need this veteran leadership on our team this is why straight professional man. the ball that he that he sends forward to uh on that third goal the the Ponce phenomenal uh gatsinovich pineda gatsinovich Great game! Great to see him back in Ike uniform. He's going to come in very useful, especially in the next game against the, in the derby against Panathinaikos, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. Araujo stand out. I mean the whole the whole entire team. There was not a player that did not play well. That got onto the pitch and didn't did not perform. You know, Ponce and, and, and Eliason, the way they were able to link up. Ponce, I mean, Ponce, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I doubted you. <laughs> you know, he, he, maybe he's not the type of forward for this system, this type of forward that Almeida likes, with that type of speed up top, but he knows where to be. And more importantly, he knew where his teammate was going to be. He knew exactly what he was going to do when the ball came to him, the way he was able to, to, to get on the end of that ball from Amrabat and headed towards Eliasson and knew exactly where to put himself and Eliasson knew exactly where to put the ball so Ponce can put the ball in the back of the net. Now, this is where luck comes into play, guys. I talked about luck the other day and I said I was going to talk about it again. I mean, look, there's some times where that can happen. It was not a tremendously great finish. The ball hit and then it hit the back of the the keeper and went in, that could have easily went out and it could have been a tremendously big miss for Ike, but it goes in the back of the net. Again, you need a little bit of luck. Similar to how later on when uh, Brighton are trying to equalize, I think it was Gross again that took a tremendous shot and... Stankovic was able to block it and the ball went up in the air and I think Wellback was able to get on the end of it. You know, if Wellback is able to straighten his head just a little bit and where he put the ball, it barely sailed over the crossbar. Uh, so you need that little bit of luck, man. And the, the team seemed to have that on, on, on this day. <sighs> just tremendous, man. And even Mandalos. Mandalos, towards the end of the match, another great play, though. The right um, attacking winger for, for Brian March was able to get away from uh, from Mohamadi. Mohamadi had come in as a sub at this point because Khadiz uh, Safi was injured. That's why there was so much injury time at the end of this match, for those of you that didn't watch it. Able to cross it into Ansufati, the low knee from Barcelona, and you're thinking, oh, I'm thinking in my mind, oh shit, this guy's about to shoot it. This guy's about to they're about to score and Mandalo's just comes in perfectly timed tackle to get the ball away, get the ball from his feet and it had to be it had to be a perfectly timed tackle. Well done even from uh the former captain Mandalos. What else is there to say, man? What else is there to freaking say? This was I mean, when I I mean, you guys could probably tell it in my voice. I feel so rejuvenated about this team. We knew it was going to be a rough week. We were disappointed to not get all three points after the loss match on Sunday. <coughs> but I mean, long may it continue. Ike sit atop of Group B in the Europa League standings right now in, in Group B. Ike on top with three points. And then the other match finished 3-3 against Marseille in the Ajax. What can I say? I mean, wow. I just, I cannot wait for the next European match. For the next match, period. Um, I may have missed something in here, but... Well, so let me talk about all three goals real quick. What a header by by CD Bet. I mean, I saw that goal... I had one of my babies in my hand, he had just taken a nap, and I jumped up. I scared the living shit of him, honestly, um, because I was not expecting it. You know, like I said, at the beginning, I was expecting this match, okay? You know, let us not embarrass ourselves let's not lose by a huge scoreline let's 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 take away something let's let's at least frag to have a good showing in this match and then when i saw that first goal then i started to believe right from that moment i'm like all right game on it's 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 this could possibly happen even though it was very early on the way this team had been playing the first few minutes i was like we're playing some pretty damn good football um they scared the crap out of my kid and then the second goal, I mean, you have to, the the best thing, I think, is that t- another big takeaway from this match, Ike, you could tell, have been working and training on set pieces. That's a very big part of, of, of football, as most of you know. The fact that two out of three of these goals came from set pieces is, is massive. Uh, I mean, the Gatsi goal, the way he was able to get Gatsinovich, the way he was able to get... That low and and put the ball in the back of the net. Phenomenal, phenomenal free kick by Safi. Wow! And then the third goal, just tremendous teamwork on the entire goal. The way Janssen was able to keep up the pressure to steal the ball away from from a Brighton players to give the ball to Ahmedabad. Amunabout to have the no no withal to push the ball forward and send it the send it towards Ponce. Ponce able to head the ball and free up Eliason attacking on the left flank. And uh, wow, just freaking phenomenal, man. I just, that goal, I can watch it over and over. The fans were tremendous. All you heard the entire match were Ike fans screaming their lungs out. God, I, lo- I felt so jealous during that entire match to sit there and uh, uh, to not be able to be there. It looked like a fantastic big cheers to anyone that was able to be there. So, let's close this for right now on this first European match. Let's move on and talk a little bit about the derby on Monday. Massive derby in Foros, Panathinaikos, Ike. Massive derby for both teams. Closing out a very tough week for both teams, especially for Ike. I mean, to have, again, luck did not smile upon us. To have Olympiacos on Sunday, Brighton on Thursday, and Panathinaikos on Monday. Very tough week for Ike. If we're able to pick up three points in Los Foros, which a derby's a derby, anything can happen, it would be great. It would be a close to a great week for Ike. If you were to tell me last Sunday before the Libercos match had started, yeah, I always want to beat Oliviacos and Panathinaikos, but if you were to tell me we're going to take away four points from these two matches and get a win against Bryan, I would have thought you were crazy, especially the way... Not the form the team was in, but the luck with injuries, the luck within the games, where we just we seemed highly unlucky at times and during some of these matches. Um, I I would have thought you were crazy if you were to tell me that. So I don't think you know some fans are making it sound like this is do or die. Um, some Panathinaikos fans I even heard on the radio, which is kind of annoying. Where they're talking about their, look, they, they beat Villarreal, which was very impressive. And I have to say, part of me was like, damn, they beat Villarreal and we got to play Brighton. Like, you know, because they played before uh, Ike's match. Very impressive win. But, you know, some of the Panathinaikos fans were like, well, we played Villarreal. They won the Europa League a couple of years ago. It was a a massive win for both teams. But let's be completely honest. Yes, Brighton don't have a history in Europe. This was their first European match. But statistically right now, they have the best attack in the best league, arguably the best league in the world. Look, it was a massive win for both teams. For Panathinaikos, they needed it for their history and their prestige because they've always been, you know, back in the day, they were known as a Greek team that did very well in Europe. Uh, for Greek football, it was massive. I mean, if Afolibakos we were able to get the job done against Freiburg. I I don't even remember the last time, and I don't even remember if there was a time when in Europe, especially in group stages, where all four Greek clubs participating in Europe had gotten wins all on the on the same day. Um, but both teams are riding high is what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to get at. Jovanovic has his team playing Greek, Great football, they've improved. They're a much improved team from last year. Defensively, they're still kind of susceptible. Offensively, they look a little bit better. Their midfield looks a little bit better. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the the outcome is gonna be the outcome. Honestly, after this Brighton match, we were able to get this victory in Brighton. Anything's possible for the Ike team. And just like the the uh the statements that Almeida made is now people that didn't believe in us, are going to believe in us. And (laughs) um, a couple of keynotes here, obviously, thank goodness, Gatsinovich and Garcia, knock on wood, are going to be fully healthy for this match and ready to go. On the other hand, you know, Jonsson played both the Ulibeko's Derby and this Derby, and um, I'm sorry, not the Derby, and the game in Brighton, he played the full ninety. 90-plus in both matches. So we don't know if maybe Almeida has in mind of Galanopolo coming in for Jonsson, what the center-back situation is going to be like, whether Vidar Mokudi, one of those two, is going to be ready. That way they could uh, partner up with blue or if we're going to have to go with Simansky again, which does not seem as big as a disaster as it did a few days ago. Thank goodness. Um, But this should be a fun one. I think this will be a fun game. I think this is going to be a game that's going to end up maybe 2-3. Hopefully 2-3 in favor of Ike. But or 2-1. Or I could see goals in this match because Ike, despite the fact that we have improved defensively, we're still conceding pretty easily. Uh Bonathana attack is much better. Ike's attack is 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 really good. Uh, I think this is gonna be a Derby with 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 goals. With goals, my honest God opinion is I think both teams are gonna play kind of safe. It's a bigger match, I think, for Ike. Because you lose this match, you start losing a little bit of ground. You get a little bit of, you're going to start feeling a little bit more pressure, especially with the quick turnaround Then we have to play at Thromitos on Thursday. You're going to start feeling a little bit more pressure on you as, as, you know, the further behind you fall. You're already behind a few points in the table. To get even further behind, it's still early enough in the season to where you can make it up. And I, and I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, that. I can't remember off the top of my head. I still think there's playoffs at the end of the season. Yeah, there's playoffs at the end of the season. So we saw last year how things kind of flipped upside down. No Banatanikos last year, and Ike for that matter, for the most part, we're still kind of... Both teams are better. Especially Banatanikos is better. I think if, if Banatanikos can pull away in the league like they did last year, this year, I don't think they're losing their lead. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. I think Ike has more to lose if they lose this match. Um So with all that being said, I think both teams, even though they're a little more attack-minded this season, their attack is better this season, at least for Panathinaikos. For Ike, it's, it's always attack-minded with Almeida. Um I could really see this just being a, a tie. I could really see this maybe being hopefully a tie with a lot of goals, 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, that's the way I see it. You know, I didn't have time to really think about it before I recorded the podcast, so that's what I'm thinking about in my head right now while I'm talking. I could really see this being like a 1-1, one, 2-2. One, two, two. Uh, you know, it's going to be an entertaining match. But honestly, with, with this win in Brighton, I think what it does is it rejuvenated the organization of Ike, it rejuvenated the fan base to where even if we lose, we're gonna be disappointed. But I think if 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 things had happened the other way around, if I could have went to Brighton and got smashed and lost three, four, five nil, and then we lose on Monday, then it it doesn't matter who's at the helm, you would have heard a lot of getting out. You were already starting to hear rumbles of getting out from from fans, from certain fans about Certain players about maybe some of the managerial decisions, uh, not even more so Almeida's decisions, the decisions of the 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 EC of of the front office of Ike, um, and I even and me myself I tweeted out or whatever you call it posted on X the other day my frustration about not having that I said uh, along the lines of something Ike are paying for not having another center back right now. It was really frustrating to see this team play so well. And then to see that wiped out because Simonski made that mistake in the back. And I thought Ike were really going to pay for that. And it was sad to see. And I, and I kind of had my anger and frustration in that moment. And in that time when I posted that tweet towards the front office of Ike, because I'm like, um, but, you know, I mean, that happens. We're football fans. But it should be a good one. Um, very, I think it's going to be a very entertaining match. And whatever happens, I mean, we're still in the thick of things. Uh, in closing, oh, there was another thought that I had. But I did the sketch on my daughter. And like I said, uh, we don't know if... One of the center backs is going to be back. Let's just enjoy it, man. Let's just enjoy this ride that we're on. You know, I, I, I can't doubt this team anymore. I can't doubt this manager. Whatever happens, happens. Like, this team has just given me so much pride the past few days. This victory against Brighton has given me so much pride. And I think there's more to come. I think there's more to come. Watching Almeida That was one thing that was very impressive was you expected Ike. And maybe that's what shocked kind of Brighton a little bit. And I'll say these few words on the podcast. What kind of was shocking was that Almeida said, I don't care that you're Brighton. I don't care that you're the number one attacking team in the premiership. We're going to go out and we're going to play our style of football. And that's big ups. That takes big cajones big cajones to do that if you're if you're a manager to go out there and say we're gonna impose our style of football now they did play a little more reserved they didn't press as much or as high as ike always does but we still played our brand of football we didn't just stop playing our brand of football we didn't just park the bus i thought we were going to park the bus i thought we were going to park the bus i thought you weren't going to see ike You were going to maybe hopefully see them get a good counter or two during the match. But that wasn't the case. They were pressing. You know, that press is what Janssen was able to steal the ball. That was very, very impressive for me that that Almeida said no. And this makes, you know, even the most optimistic fan, the most optimistic reporter, pundit, the most, or I should say pessimistic fan or reporter... Or hater out there. Because there are some people that unfortunately, I think, love the doom and gloom feeling that misery loves company. So they actually are Ike fans, but they're more... They're better fans when they're miserable than when they're happy, which doesn't make sense. But you guys know those people do exist, right? So... Even those people have to admit, like, this guy is is crazy, man, for going out and playing his brand of football. We're going to play our brand of football. This is making believers out of everybody. Anyway, guys, sorry for talking your heads off a little bit extra today. Forza, I gotta enjoy the derby. Enjoy your weekend no matter where you are. And I'll talk to you guys next week. I don't know, most likely, I'll either wait till thursday to do a podcast or next friday maybe because uh we do have the quick turnaround on monday and then on thursday but i think i'm probably gonna do a, a podcast in between those games i'm probably gonna do a podcast probably middle of the week because i think next weekend if i'm not mistaken or am i there's no uh there's no games next weekend or the following weekend i don't know we'll see but anyway, I'll talk to you guys next weekend. Forza, I got up at the yak and the next on